Trailer, I'm flossing. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Yep. Them cold kind, we're tossing. Right. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. Get I hit the high side, boy. I park it for Brian Clausen. Uh. I do them like Kyle Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast. Throttled Up will be a weekly podcast featuring Matt and Dustin. We plan to discuss the legendary Brownstown Speedway, along with other local dirt tracks, Eldora, Salem Speedway, and all of your IndyCar and NASCAR news. Don't miss an episode of Throttled Up, the podcast. Hey, Mo, are you going to win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, because y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt, 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 I'm all about that. Dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 I miss that dirt, 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 gotta get back to I'm it. a dirt trackaholic, call it what you call it, Saturday night, I am so kidding. Welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. Um, exciting uh, night, we had a weekend off of, of racing action. Um, which was, uh, as I kind of mentioned last week, was perfect for me to fall at the time it did after a new baby. And I got to spend the whole Mother's Day weekend at home with my wife and the new baby, which, you know, worked perfect. Uh, you know, I didn't didn't get in any trouble for going to the track, which opened me up perfectly for this weekend. As long as Mother Nature plays fairly, I, uh, I'm excited to get out to the track this Saturday at Brownstown Speedway. Do have a guest in studio tonight also. Uh, making our first attempt at facebook live um looks like we have uh one viewer already up um not sure who it is we'll see if we get any comments coming in but one viewer up but this is something we want to build on and kind of be able to get some uh, facebook live followers so that they can throw out some questions to drivers as we do this so if you if you're just typically a podcast listener we'll try and get that on social media make sure you're following us on twitter or following us on facebook so that you can see when these are coming out before I bring the guys in that are with us tonight, I do want to you know shout out to our sponsors again. Number one, Brownstown Speedway. Uh, we were just joking beforehand. We looked up where the podcast was being downloaded from, and one place is uh, we've got several downloads from Tokyo, Japan. So it is the world famous Brownstown Speedway. That's right. Um, you know, got listeners listening to what's going on there every week from uh, from Tokyo. So. 
Also, um, you know, and, and before I move on, I do want to sh- give a huge shout out to Jim Price and what he's letting us do and letting us be involved with the racetrack. It's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate everything there. Also, in the Fast Lane Productions, and I'm going to tell you, um, I've said this every week, but there is not a better value if you're a local dirt track fan than in the fastlaneproductions.com. Um, you know, the only tough part about it is not even paying the money. It's doing the math equation every time you log in. Um, Ryan and Nathan must be a lot better because today I had O-N-E times three, and I thought I was back in algebra class. I got it right. It was three. <laughs> I got it right, but but uh, that's the only tough part, But I and I tease them. But, guys, go get your subscription. Still go out to the track, but there's nothing better than having that opportunity to kind of relive what happened on the track uh, later in the week. Hey, my wife just joined us on Facebook Live, so it's one of my my wife is watching us. <laughs> she could just walk out here and watch us right now, but she's watching us on Facebook Live. So, um, it's a lot more comfortable on the couch. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. I'm sure it is. <laughs> she doesn't have to be quiet either. Uh, also, Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea, man. If you guys have not looked at some of the uh, the photos that Mark has been taking already this season, there is not a guy that's better in the sport um, of taking photos and getting them edited and getting them back to drivers and allowing drivers to use them for sponsorship deals and, and getting them back to their sponsors. But if you're a race fan and you got that that special person that you pull for every every weekend at Brownstown. Go pick up a photo of him and you know help support Mark and what he does. And like I said, I've I've joked a little bit with it, but uh, he's a lot of he's a, he's a lot of entertainment to watch too on the weekends. Him hustling back and forth to get the shots he does, and he does a terrific job. The la- or actually the last one that I'll mention, yes, is uh, Kenny Montgomery from KMO Music, and I appreciate uh, KMO Music and it, appreciate what he's allowed us to do with his music. Um, I've reached out to him. Hopefully, going to have him on here sometime this summer to kind of talk about what he's doing in his racing down there but now to get into the actual episode matt how are you tonight doing good i actually enjoyed the, the weekend off myself you know it's uh it's like a job you know you, you love going to work but there are times you enjoy the saturday you know the rare saturday off where you can do some things at home too so yeah and you had a a, a chance to spend some time with family as well i believe yeah we had about 50 people at the house saturday so uh you know yeah, and my my newborn kind of kind of kept me out from being able to come out and be part of the family. I, I don't blame you. You know, I would have. You know, which, you know, I did have the, the new grandson there, so that that was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, it it's funny how we've started this whole deal together. Now you have a, a newborn grandson within a few days of me having a new son. Um, I won't talk about how that shows that you're older than me or anything like that. That would be that'd be rude to point that out. Yeah, I believe the last episode we pointed that out. When, oh, did we? Yeah, when I said I was at Eldora in '85, and you let me know you was born in '85. So. Did I say that on air? <laughs> yeah, you did. I couldn't remember if it was on air or not. <laughs> so we do have a guest in studio and excited. Um, and before I have you introduce him, I'm just going to say right now. And no disrespect to anybody else at the racetrack, but out of all of the the cars at Brownstown Speedway that race on a regular basis, I'm going to say on record, this guy has the best-looking car at the racetrack. Um, Out of all of them, other than the night that the, uh, and I've talked about on here, the white and red Briscoe Mobile Home Sprint car was there because I lean that way, but as far as the guys that are there every week, man, this guy has the sharpest-looking car, I think, at the track. So I'm going to let you do your, your announcing honors and, and introduce our guest tonight. Well, he comes to us out of North Vernon, actually Comiskey area now. Uh, drives a double zero modified. It's going to be Jeremy Owens. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. We're happy to have you, and I mean it, man. I think you got the sharpest-looking car out there. 
Thank you. I, I get that a lot from a lot of people since I switched over to the new design three years ago. Um, it's it's definitely different, and I like it. So it it does. It stands out. It is it is a totally different looking car um, than you usually see out there. So I think it is by far one of my favorite ones to see, and and obviously I try to say somewhat uh, unbiased, but. I seem to go ahead and pull for you a little bit more just because I pick up that double zero a lot better. So um, I am a fan. I will admit that right now, and I think you got a sharp-looking car, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's cool that you don't have the number in the normal place. You know, everybody puts a number in the door. You know, you take advantage of, you know, the side of the modified and put it up, you know, on the back there. And I think that's kind of cool, too. So I've already gotten called out here on our Facebook live feed that I've not seen the Texas Roadhouse number two super stock. <laughs> that's actually not true. I have seen the Texas Roadhouse number two super stock. And while it is a sharp looking vehicle, I'm going to stick by what I started with here and say it is the double zero and the modified. I think my personal opinion, not it, not challenging anybody else that's not the opinion of throttled up the podcast that is dustin roller's (laughs) opinion yeah this is this is my personal opinion before before we get a lot of people before you get a bunch of comments on there (laughs) yeah what about this car what about this car what about this car so you know i'm gonna stay unbiased and and just not make a a statement on that one that's okay i can have i can have some drivers and other fans (laughs) upset with me that's all right i still you have to be a little more unbiased as a as an announcer i can be still a little bit of the fan here and uh um show some of my bias a little bit but uh you know as we uh uh as we get into this jeremy where does this where does this drive and this love of racing and getting involved come from well, I think it just came from, you know, growing up around my dad, helping Mark Barber all those oh, yeah. years, you know, it just, I guess I was born into it really because my dad helped me out so much or helped Mark out so much that, you know, I was just there the whole time, regardless of, you know, where they went or where they were at. Blake Barber just chimed in there for you, Jeremy. Yeah, Blake, you know, double <laughs> zero team. Yeah, that's that's where the number came from, just growing up around that. And uh, that's what gave me the drive because nobody in my family's, as far as I know of, has ever raced. But I do consider Mark and Blake family. So I guess, you know, I got my r- racing from Mark and my dad, really. So. And to be honest, when you start talking about, you know, somebody. She, said, she says can't hear Jeremy. When you talk about should be able to, I don't know why it's not coming through. When you talk about somebody <laughs> that can, um, uh, you know, you can learn from. Mark Barber is a pretty good one. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, a lot of people talk about me being so smooth and everything on the racetrack, but you know, really, I think it was just from watching him all those years and and uh, really just taking my time learning that. And you know, I I know a little bit more of your backstory than than just the average guy listening there because you know. I've, I've been around here, you know, I'm, I remember when, you know, your dad and Mark was at the racetrack. I mean, if you've seen Mark, you know, you've seen your dad, they, you know, they was the dynamic duo there. And, and I, you know, when you started racing and you showed up with the double zero on the wing hanging off the, you know, the back zero, I was like, you know, that's, that's pretty cool there. So, you know, I, and uh, what, what did you start out in? Let's get the people that don't know you. Let's go there. What did you start out in? Started down pure stocks, uh, ran those for about two and a half years and decided to go a different direction after winning the championship in 09 at brownstown and uh that's how the modified deal came along i guess so what made you decide to go to the modified instead of a super stock or a late model or you know crate late model 
You know, I, I'm not really sure for sure on that one. Um, one of the reasons I didn't want to get into a crate is, you know, because of Mark. I liked watching him, and you know, I would a dream would be to race against him one day, you know, side by side. But you know, I guess I just never really wanted to get into that point right then. You know, I want I look for him for advice and everything, and you know, I just didn't want that hanging over there. I guess. Yeah, because the advice might dry up a little bit. You if, if he you got to line up beside of him, there, so. right? Probably not as much with me and him being as close as we are, but it, it probably would a little bit. Yeah, and you know we've I, we've said all this this on here before. I mean, you race one of the hardest cars to race because you have all that motor, you know, and and then you know you don't run it on that big wide tire like a late model does. You know, you exactly you got to <laughs> figure out how to get it to the ground, yes. and, you know, and keep it there. So, and it's I mean, a lot of working the right foot, trying to control that throttle as much as you can. When you went from the pure stock to the modified, was it a total driving change? Did you have to learn to drive totally different, or not? Not so much, really, because. I guess I had the throttle controlled around because of Brownstown. It was always so black and so slick, and it was real flat back then. Sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to fix the microphone that we're getting. We're, we're saying it's not working, and that that played back into our ears. So I apologize wow, about that, Joe. That was kind of wild. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That was... <laughs> but uh things that happen when you go live <laughs> yeah this is uh yeah, yeah exactly. for everybody listen this is our first attempt at this so i apologize if we've got some settings off but uh we are uh we're trying to fix them as we go you are jeremy you're coming through great on our stuff but for some reason they're saying that we can't hear you on on facebook live so we are uh i'm 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 not ignoring you in any way shape <laughs> or form i'm trying to help uh help you out a little bit so no problem but go ahead <laughs> brownstown black and slick back then so you had to control the throttle and i didn't have a big motor back then either and and still don't today compared to most guys but I, that's that's what helped me make that transition i mean obviously there's a lot more motion in the modifieds than there is the pure stocks but driving straight and everything like i did in the pure stock kind of compares to the modified deal a little bit there so because uh, i mean you're right when you go into the corner yourself your driving style you're not all kicked out and you know hanging it out sideways around the corner you you actually can try to square it off a little bit more to keep you know the rear and behind you and i think that helps you out you know you get a lot more drive off the corner because of that than you know when you're all kicked out sideways yeah it's just that constant learning whenever you know driving that pure stock on that black slick brownstown just growing up on that racetrack i guess helped me a lot transition into what it is now today so and what year did you win the, the pure stock champion or yeah championship 20th. Two thousand nine, I think it was. Yeah, two thousand nine. So, and this is you said your tenth year, tenth year altogether. So that's very cool. So started in two thousand eight, and so we're going into our tenth year this year. So, what is uh? And I, I'm gonna still kind of try and work here as we go, but I don't want to leave you totally hanging. But um, when we talk about, you know, you said you won the points, but what are some of those other major highlights in your driving career that just really stand out? I would say my first win in, in a pure stock would have to be one of the top top uh, wins in my career because that was the only one that my dad was actually able to be at and watch. So that one has to be my top one. Uh, second one has to be you know winning my first modified feature. That you know that was pretty special and it's right its own right. So you know th those two definitely one and two. Um, quite a bit of other ones stand out, but uh, th those definitely one or two. And what's it like that first time that you get the opportunity to park it in Victory Lane? 
oh, there's no other feeling like it, you know. Uh, it's just it, it makes you want more i guess that's where the drive to race comes from for everybody because everybody wants to be in victory lane oh yeah every night you know you just strive to get better and better and you know it's just it's an ongoing addiction i guess you could you should say so very cool you gotta win well you gotta win as a car owner that i don't think you guys can claim because you actually got disqualified after that when uh jason Heyman <laughs> climbed down in your modified for the uh what was it two years ago for the 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 powder puff race you know you let jason climb in there and i know jason's intent was when the white flag came out he was just going to pull off and park it <laughs> right well we let we let nikki you know from down the pit shack she wanted to flag a race so we're like we'll come up here and flag this powder puff race and nikki forgets to throw the white <laughs> flag and when you go from green to checkered and then you know jason ends up winning the race in your your car <laughs> and uh you know track official follows them back because they're yelling you know on the receiver to you know to pull in and and uh so how much laugh did you guys get out of all that when you know Heyman just had too much equipment i guess to race in in the, the powder puff so <laughs> it was it was very you know and it all started I, I i paid the entry fee and i was wanting cassie to get out there and try it and and she wouldn't so i'm like i'd pay 20 dollars. i want somebody to get in here and we were trying to figure out who'd fit in the seat and everything well jason oh, yeah. about one of the ones that could fit in my seat so <laughs> um he jumped in there and we were trying to get him to pull off on the back stretch and pull off and, and we just couldn't get it couldn't get it done he was having too much fun out there i guess but uh yeah that, that was definitely enjoyable for all of us i think so that was a good lie i mean because that's what he said he goes I, he goes when i seen the white flag i was just going to drive off on the half mile and you know be done and, and he said then i never seen the white flag and the checkers <laughs> out and he goes you know i, I was stuck and i yeah. i forgot to ask him when he was on the show that i was week. waiting for it last week i'm like man i, I, I ought to say something to those guys about that one so <laughs> i i was i actually when i was showing up that night for the show i had every intention on doing it and then forgot about it and it's like oh my gosh man <laughs> so i thought well when you're coming on i'll ask you about it since you were the, the car owner on that disqualified uh, race yeah, there. yeah that was a good night <laughs> that, was, that was good so you know, outside of Mark Barber growing up, who were some of those guys that you kind of looked up to as your, your driving style? Obviously, you had a huge connection with the Barber family and Mark Barber, but who 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 did you kind of you know lean to for that driving style or you wanted to emulate growing up? You know, to be honest with you, growing up, I, I didn't watch nobody else but Mark. You know, until I started racing in 08, I, I, Mark was it. Uh, Mark was somebody that I looked up to, somebody I watched all the time. Yeah, there was there was nobody else. Obviously, when I started racing, you know, watching Scott Bloomquist, Jimmy Owens, some of those guys go around the racetrack. You know, it, it's it's very fun to watch those two guys because they're very particular on their driving styles and their lines. And um, definitely, Scott, he's he's a he's definitely one of those people that sit in the garage and just think about their his race car all the time. And you know, and that 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 says a lot about the way them two guys run the last couple of years. So, you know. I've said this before, and it's you know I'm just going to sound going to keep repeating myself, but we don't realize what kind of racing talent we have right here, you know, in our backyards, like Mark, you know, because I remember, you know, in the '90s, you go to Eldora, and you know, Mark was, you know, a competitor over there for the World 100, you know, and stuff like that, you know, and he had then Jeff Wilson, you know, now that we were right out of Butlerville, he was, you know, he was over there competing. I mean. I, it was amazing when you'd, see, you'd go over to Eldora, all the guys that you watch every Saturday night here, 
we're right there competing, you know, and you know, there's not a lot of guys out of the racetracks that can say they have that much competition, you know, right around here. Especially, you know, back in the nineties there was two hundred some cars there at Eldora oh, yeah. too. It wasn't yeah. like there's fifty to a hundred that there is now. It's it, there was a big showing of cars up there. Oh, yeah. So what made you make the jump? You know, what when we looked at that, you know, going from a pure stock to a modified, what went into that decision to make the jump when you did and then to choose the modified over some other options uh, mostly like i said it was just I, I it was time to move on from the pure stock i wanted to do something different um something that was a challenge um so really the modifieds came into play you know super stock and a modified there's oh, some price difference but not as much and you can race more place with the modified so i guess that's why i kind of chose that route more i mean the crate series was just getting started back then they were still run supers um so the mo- racing wherever i could whenever i wanted to kind of played into that decision a lot getting started in that whole modified class so and that is a good thing about racing under the ump umbrella that you know those are national rules so you know if they race a ump modified and you show up and you know you're inside the rule book you like you said you can race anywhere you want to that way yeah there's so many tracks around here that race them it's just you know how far do you want to drive to go race that weekend really is what it comes down to and where you want to go so when you talk about tracks obviously brownstown's your home track what are some of the other tracks you've gotten an opportunity to race at that you really like you know i I really like florence i've been to putnamville you know mount pillar bloomington for the third time over the weekend um but florence i really like i really like florence you know racing over there it's fun it's a fast track um the wall kind of gets you sometimes but it's it's definitely fun but um you know my dream is to go to eldora and race over there one time and hopefully fulfill that this time sometime this summer maybe so we'll just have to see how that goes you know i'm I'm actually a fan of florence too you know i go down for the the north south race there in august and watch that and that track is uh it just seems like it's just super super fast i mean do you get that same sensation in the race car i mean yeah it's kind of weird because it it's fast but it kind of feels like brownstown too to me you know um because it slows down like brownstown does when it gets feature time and it gets slick i mean it it kind of takes on that shape that brownstown does obviously it's a different track to race and you got different driving style but uh it's kind of similar in its own way you know it don't don't stay real fast all night long because it gets slick and smooth just like brownstown does and you know i've never you know never been in a race car so i can't talk about from the seat but as a spectator it almost looks like Florence has a little longer straightaways than Brownstown does. Like the corners are tighter and the straightaways are longer. Does it feel like that in the car? Yeah, or? it definitely feels like it feels like hairpin turns really in the corners compared to Brownstown. But the straightaways are definitely longer. That's for sure. Feels like almost like a Martinsville. That's what you know. Florence reminds me of a Martinsville. Looks like it almost yeah, too. Yeah, really. I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. What, where else? What's the farthest way you've traveled to race? I mean, you know, Florence is, is a good little haul from here, but Mount Pillar was probably the farthest. That I'm pretty sure that was I think three, three and a half hour drive, maybe I think, but that was probably the farthest I've I've been so far. So I'm, I'm working. Oh, he's he's over working. <laughs> we usually try to bounce him back and forth. Yeah, right. so, I know, and I, I'm being I'm being rude because I'm trying to. I, I ended our Facebook live feed and. I'm trying to see because it isn't for some reason it is not letting you uh you come in hardly at all and so I'm I'm trying to trying to fix us here without uh totally losing our uh our podcast. Yeah, I don't want to lose the <laughs> podcast. I've been down that road before, so I'm trying to balance. Yeah, we had we've had to start over before. So when we had Wee Miller in here, 
we actually got about halfway through and it was like let's stop we had stop start all the way over well then you lose kind of that conversation you know of it, right so. the conversation kind of quits flowing there for a second well so we can, we can get in there twice so let's go ahead and you can give all your sponsors out real quick and and we'll go from there you know i brad Irwin customs you know that guy helps me more than uh, a lot of people has you know between him and mark barber um but you know, Brad Irwin, Customs, All-Star Paving, Gilpin Electric and Generator. Peter Hall came on this year to help me out. Can't thank Darla and Curtis enough on that one. Uh, Wagner 28 Motorsports, Jeff Mounts Motorsports, Travis Kern Racing Engines, um, P3 Graphics, Genesis Shocks, you know, Ride Auto Parts, P3 Graphics. Uh, that pretty sums up the, the sponsors, and they all do their part on my car to get me to the racetrack every weekend, so I can't thank them enough. You know, you, you mentioned rides, and... You know, when Devin was on here, he had rights, and, you know, Kurt is a personal friend of mine, and, you know, the the things he does for the racing community is, is very impressive. You know, I've, you know, I've been in there sitting on the stool, you know, at the counter just, you know, shooting the breeze with, with people, and I've seen guys come in, and, you know, they want to race, you know, it's Saturday morning, they want to race that night, and, you know, they don't have the money to pay for it, and, you know, Kurt's like, just come and see me next week, and, you know, there's not... Uh, you can't go to a napa and, and they'll do that for you you know kurt kurt enjoys the sport himself and you know i've seen a lot of parts go across the counter with no money coming back the day of the purchase you know and, and exactly. you, so you gotta give a shout out to kurt for that definitely for sure you know he he's always been around racing for a long time you know so he he loves the sport i think like everybody else does and if you don't mind i'm gonna i'm gonna take a, a short break here to to bring back up our sponsors again um, and take a pause and let them come in, um, and we'll uh, we'll come back. Again, I just want to uh, shout out to our sponsors, Brownstown Speedway, in the FastLaneProductions.com, Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea, and Kenny Montgomery Music. All right, well, thank you again to all of our sponsors uh, that we just reached out to. Um, but I am going to be honest. I like to be honest. Uh, we also took that for a little technical uh, difficulty break. Um, we had some issues with our, our setup with Facebook Live. Um, the sound quality may not be as good now as what I want it to be, but I think everybody's going to be able to hear all three of us, and we're still going to get great sound quality here on the uh, the podcast. So apologize for that. And, Jeremy, I'm going to say it to you again. I said it to you a lot on, on off the air, but uh, – I do apologize. I was not nearly as attentive or uh, or paying attention as well as I typically do, so I apologize. But uh, we'll jump right back into it. I'll, I'll give a real quick uh, for you know those listening. He's been racing for ten years. Coming up this year, ten years this year. Started out in the pure stock. Um, <clears throat> pretty much watched Mark Barber growing up, and that's what got you interested in racing. Was your, your dad working with Mark there on the race car, and hence the double zero. Yep, on the car. So, yep. Sure. And I, I don't know that he's joined again yet, but I do want to bring up something that came off air, and that's, uh, you know, Blake Barber, and Blake played football for me for a while when he was at, uh, at the high school, and you know, we talked about, you know, Blake should have just came over and been on, but we didn't know if that mullet he's got is really is really Facebook Live worthy. So I do want to throw <laughs> that out to him that, you know, Blake, we wanted to have you on, but we didn't know if that mullet would look good on camera. Yeah, that's a very good point, you know. This room might not be big, big enough for the Barbara Mullet there. <laughs> uh, get a fan going, blow it in the wind there. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to ask you this, and this is something we've talked to a lot of the guys that have come on here, Jeremy, is 
we talk about winning, we talk about parking it in victory lane, you know, what is it that you love about, because this is a full-time thing. I mean, you're in the shop working through the week. Obviously there's travel involved. This is not just a, you know, it's not a hobby like, Hey, I play golf on Saturday morning and then I go back home. What is it that keeps you interested in wanting to come back every week? You know, really, it's just trying. I, I got a competitive nature. I played sports in high school, middle school, and I, that competitive nature just you want to win no matter what. Um, and and you do all the hard work and the tedious things that takes you there. So um, I, I guess that's just what keeps me coming back. And you know, and it's it's good to see my little boy's reaction whenever I, he sees a trophy or a check or something sitting on the counter the next morning if he's not there or if he's not asleep in victory lane you know seeing his reaction so it's it's a it's it's very exciting and i do want to you know we gave you a chance there before we took the break to to fix the techno technical difficulties to shout out your sponsors who are some other guys that help you not just in the in the sponsorship realm but help you with that wrenching to get to the track every weekend you know uh bill gilpin um mike lugo them two guys come out a couple times a week and help me out throughout throughout the weeks getting the car ready maintenance tires things of that nature so you know a lot of it goes to it goes to them too as well you know coming out and helping me get get everything together so very cool gilpin he's been a sponsor with you for a a lot of your career hasn't he i mean it seems like yeah i've seen that on there for you know many many i'm trying to think of how many it might be a little over five now that's what i thought it's, it's been a while so and I, you know, I know Bill. We we went to school together there, and I've known him forever. And you know, he's a great guy. You know, that's why I'm glad to see him involved with you. You know, because you know, and helping you. Yeah, definitely helps out a lot. So, what is it about Brownstown Speedway? And obviously, we you know, Brownstown's one of our sponsors, and we appreciate everything they do for us. What is it that drives you to be at Brownstown Speedway every weekend? To be at that that to be your home track you know it's the competition level it's it's a it's a legendary racetrack i mean a lot of people grew up racing there grew up watching there or still are fans there um so uh it's and like a lot of people said you know it's it's hard to win at brownstown every weekend it's hard to be consistent over there because there's so many factors into that racetrack but um you know i guess that's that's what it is it's it's coming back and wanting to win every weekend and be the best and try to be that consistent factor over there but every time you pull in the racetrack they're worried about you outrunning them that night so i remember doing a uh, victory lane interview with boatnik last year and uh you know he was he was glad he won of course you know you're glad over every win but he made the comment in victory lane that he wished you were there and gilpin because he said you know that just makes the racing so much better and it feels like it makes him better when and you know he mentioned you by name you know jeremy owens and devin gilpin he said when they're all here he said that just makes me me better in the racing better and and i thought that was very cool that you know he's a guy that loves to win but enjoys it when you guys are there to make him get up on you yeah know, exactly on get team. up on that you know get up on the wheel and actually race and you know not saying that not all the competition there is bad but you know we need that other guy over there that's pushing you to get better every weekend regardless of who that is who's the one guy that you love <laughs> to race like when you're in the lineup shoot and and you look over and he's your outside and you're like this is going to be good because you know that guy's outside of me who is that guy we think too much alike that's where i was going as well <laughs> i didn't want to say rival because it's not the bad blood but it's the guy you love to compete yeah. against it's got to be jacoby i mean we've had so many good races <laughs> together um you know i can't even count on one hand how many good races we've had together but you know 
it well, had to be when I first got this car is at Brownstown. The very next night I came back out with the car after we fixed it, you know, it was a, I think it was a fair race. It might've been. And, uh, we did, I don't know how many slide jobs in that feature. Oh, yeah. And I ran off the racetrack on the last lap, coming <laughs> the car to the checkered flag. And, you know, it's, that was probably one of my funnest races I've had in a long time. So, and that, and that helps you. I mean, when you see him, then you know, okay, I have to perform or, or I'm not going to win this, you know, cause you see him lining up out, out there then. Huh? Exactly. You know, one, one race that comes to mind last year is boat neck me and Jacoby oh, yes. racing for the feature win there. You know, you, you just got to get up on the wheel whenever it comes to that time when you're racing with those guys. Cause go, those guys have been racing a lot longer than I have in the yeah. modifieds, you know, so they got a lot more experience, you know, and, and not just to build on that of who you like to race against every week, but have you had an experience when you, you were lining up and you looked out the window and you were like, Oh my goodness, I'm racing against driver X, you know, that this is pretty cool. This is a guy that, you know, I've got a lot of respect for. I know you said earlier, you know, prior to us taking a break, you would love to get the opportunity to race against Mark Barber. Who's that person though, that you've had so far in 10 years that you're like, man, I'm really racing against this guy. Man, that's a, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I would have to say when I was racing Casey's crate late model, you know, I, I lined up next to Hudson, I think our race Hudson in the, in a heat race. And, you know, we ran side by side and for not being in the late model that much and going out there and running side by side with Hudson when he was winning about every race over at Brownstown, <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was pretty excited, you know, for, for that race and being able to stay up there with him and not letting him really get away or, or him, you know, outrunning me by a whole lot. So that, that was pretty exciting right there. Well, let me just throw this out there now then bloomquist is getting into modified a little bit more than he once was in life what are you gonna do jackson 100 weekend if he shows up with the modified also now that would be fun too now, now that'd be an experience to start side by side with or anywhere with them on the racetrack but yeah that'd be a good time right there because you know it, it seemed like you never heard of him drive anything but a late model but now he you know he raced the modified in st louis you know and he tried last weekend and it rained yeah so you know he's flirting with this modified so i yeah. thought you know is he going to bring it to brown sam we have jack's 100 weekend and, and you know race it yeah and you, you never know about him you know he's he's <laughs> he'd wait till friday to put a car together to go race friday night but um you well, know, he, would, never he wouldn't put it together well you, good point good point he'd, he'd have his guys put it together they'd just be a little behind to the racetrack there so. you know and, and talking about that a little bit too the last race weekend we had um a couple weeks ago uh tyler nicely came in um you know and and i went back and watched some of the things and you know tyler's a pretty good wheel man there's no doubt but it was really cool to see you you know starting right behind him you know and pushing him a little bit and and getting to compete with a guy that you know just showed up you know and again i Tyler travels all over the place, but but came in there just for that night. And is that exciting when those guys kind of come in and you get to compete against those guys as well? For sure, because you know, like like Tyler, nicely, you know, Gilpin, those guys of that caliber that race 50, 60, 70 times a year. It's nice when they come in because you kind of see what you're where you're at, I guess, with your program compared to where they're at because they're racing so much more often than I could race right now. So to line up next to them, see what our cars got, see what we can give them as a run, you know, that, that makes a big difference, I think. And, you know, when you talk about that, I think it goes back to what you just said earlier when I asked you the question about why Brownstown. 
the thing is is that these guys, these traveling guys, don't just come into Brownstown and dominate. I know Tyler had a heck of a run two weeks ago. There's no doubt. He had, he had his car locked in, but they don't it's not a hands down you just roll into brownstown because you're a touring guy and you're going to win most of you guys stack up against the national competition no matter who shows up right right it's just they have so much more experience of racing those guys every night i guess Mm -hmm. it's just when they come in and and tyler i'm sure knows and i'm sure a lot of those other guys know when they come into brownstown they got stiff competition with boatnik and jacoby and those guys they know they're not going to come in there and walk away with it either because they still have a lot of experience there they have to deal with and those local guys aren't afraid of them that's the coolest thing i think about brownstown speedway and you know i've been to a lot of different speedways but there is uh there's not drivers here that are local that are afraid when anybody rolls in and unloads their car and you know just like you just asked with bloomquist if, if Bloomquist brings the modified to the Jackson 100, no one will be scared when that car unloads either. It's going to be, hey, this is a really cool experience, but I want to park it in Victory Lane and show him that you shouldn't have probably brought it to Brownstown. Exactly, exactly. Any local wants to do that at any racetrack across the country with anybody that shows up that has that kind of experience. Well, you, you brought up Jacoby, but this year you got Jeremy. You know, Jeremy's in that 16 car that Victor Lee used to drive there and you know that's some good equipment right there that jeremy's wheeling you know yeah that's definitely really good equipment you know they when victor lee was driving it you know that was that was a hard car to beat at brownstown too and jeremy's going to get to that point too it's just adjusting to that modified portion from racing late models for the last seven or eight years that he's raced them you know so it give them time and they'll be hard to beat too over there so yeah you know and when you know i seen him roll out this year and that i'm like holy cow you know the modified series has really (laughs) step you know stepped up you know it's yep. it's pretty deep anyway but now you know you know jeremy running you know the crate some and then and then racing over you know in the modifieds it's like holy cow you know yep. you just can't when the, you guys roll out for the feature you can't say oh this is going to be your winner because it's not going to be that obvious no no definitely. well and i've said this on a previous episode too it's also a lot of fun to watch the heinz brothers there they're together i mean there's there is uh it's always intriguing when anybody is is you know door to door but when it's jeremy and jacoby door to door you know going into the turn for me personally that just adds a little bit extra because i'm like i know they're both you know they're good guys they'll, they'll race each other hard but it just adds that little extra feature because you, you know there's got to be that feeling of i'm not going to thanksgiving dinner this year and you talking about how many times you beat me so exactly well, a driver never wants to be beat but they don't want their brother to beat him definitely i mean you, oh. got, you got a brother too you know right and uh, i'm sure if you guys race in the same class you would probably race him harder than anybody on the racetrack oh, for sure you know, for sure the, you know that's your brother and and uh you know he raced he raced horns for years now he what in a tq this year right yep we're on a tq this year so so it's he's making moves too has he thought about ever coming up and racing with you or you guys just kind of got an agreement you stay in different classes so <laughs> I, I, I don't know we'll we'll see you know it's it's a long road he's he just started you know not too right. many years ago right. so he's got a long road ahead of him to to get wherever he wants to go so and that's again you know we've noticed you know we sounds like we repeat ourselves on here a lot but it but there's a lot of it too it's it's family you know it seems mm-hmm. like it's racing is is about the only sport that is a family affair exactly you know you baseball and football you know it's great and you know kids try to follow that but it seems like when a family gets involved in racing you know just generation after generation it follows that yeah because so. i guess not unlike sports yeah the players out there but your driver might be out there st- still too but everybody plays such a big part 
in a race team, you know, because you you got to have accountability throughout the week. Yeah. And, you know, and everybody can play a part in it. Anybody can do anything on a race team. It's not just the driver out there as it is with sports where it's just it's just that player getting better. The team, if the team gets better as a race team, the team gets better. So. And I think you just made a great point because I think that that connection that every team member feels is huge, too, because. I, I've said before, my, my first connection to racing was my dad ran a, a welding business and a mobile welding business on the side. And there was a guy when we still lived in Illinois um, who kind of traded him, hey, I'll let you be a sponsor on the car. You show up with your mobile welding trailer on, on race night. If I need something fixed quick, you're there. I remember being there and it was cool to me because, you know, my dad's my hero anyway. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, to watch he was revered differently there than when i went to him with a farm job a farm job it's like come on man you got to get this done for us i gotta get in the field as soon as we walked in there it was like he 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 was like a miniature celebrity and i'm like this is just my dad but when a driver needed something welded quick or they needed something fixed he was the guy and that to me kind of brought me into this idea that you know why i loved racing and why it intrigued me because you're exactly right every team member and that's why i asked you earlier who helps you get to the track because what we see as fans just on saturday night is only you know one-fifth of what you've done all week to be able to get there exactly hey, i mean as fans we see the race cars on saturday night we you know where the driver and his family has been around that car every night you know you've, i'm sure there's been times you've ate supper off the car because you didn't want to take time to go into the house you know so it's been brought out to you or oh, you yeah. know fast food bag sitting there and you ate while you tried to get stuff done so i mean it you work a full-time job and then racing is a full-time, is a job, full-time job on top of that you yeah know? you make yeah. many a times out in the garage on the ra- <laughs> <laughs> michael out there running around playing and you know cassie bringing us food so yeah definitely i'm gonna throw this out because you know we do have facebook live up and going and uh first of all you know eric said hey guys so uh shout out to eric bryant yeah. there uh joining us but you know i do see that uh the young gun Braden watson here has oh, yeah. uh has jumped on facebook live listening to us and it, it when i saw that it uh sparked a question Braden, very well known for uh you know uh his i racing uh you know background have you dabbled at all in iRacing or anything like that? Uh, I haven't messed around with that much. I remember playing PS2, all those sprint car games <laughs> oh, yeah. and stuff oh, yeah, when that, I was growing up. But yeah. I'm sure that the iRacing deal is a lot better. Yeah, Braden's way younger than us. Yeah. Um, I remember the World Outlaw sprint car game. I don't know that there's ever been a better game uh, created than that World of Outlaw sprint car game. Again, no. I lean towards the sprint cars, but that game was unbelievable. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say sure. better, but I did the Dirt to Daytona on the PS2 a whole lot also. Yeah, you know, got that one. Had that one too. So. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, and, and, and stay. <laughs> JJ, kudos to you, man. Yeah. You know, before we started, JJ, I'm going to tell you that I told Roller, if I knew we was going to go on Facebook Live, I would have wore a shirt with sleeves. So thanks for calling that out on me there, man. (laughs) It's all right. Sun's out, gun's out. So, you know, to kind of come back to it, though, you know, and again, I know you understand that you haven't haven't done much with that iRacing. You know, do you think that that's, and again, no, you don't have much of a background, but is that the wave of the future? Is that the opportunity for guys you know to see these tracks do you think that's something that's going to help some of these young guns i mean a lot of guys are going to it and using it i mean 
any racer, NASCAR or anywhere is going to tell you that good old testing at a racetrack in your own car is going to be better than anything. But Hendrick and those guys wouldn't have simulators in their their shops yeah, if point. they weren't if they weren't going to be good for mm-hmm. them developing people. So, you know, the iRacing might not be the caliper that they have, but it still has similarities and and can help somebody whether it's wintertime staying in the groove or whatever the case may be. I mean, it's got to help. Those uh-uh. guys in NASCAR have it all the time. So I'm just going to guess that Comiskey doesn't have the internet support for an iRacing setup. I do have pretty good internet I right do? now. Yeah, hey. surprisingly, I have really good internet. <laughs> I'm just going to say it on here in case anybody that works at Jackson County REMC. We are, uh, you know, we're on Facebook Live right now. We're doing a lot of this internet stuff. I'm waiting for Jackson Connect to come hook me up with a, a little bit faster uh, uh, internet. And hey, we, we'd take a great Jackson Connect sponsor to the hey. Throttled Up podcast. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Kick us something back. But no, I agree with you. And I, you know, I think the first time that it really stood out to me was, and it's been maybe a year or two ago. And, well, actually, it's maybe not been that long ago, but. I remember that NASCAR did a a segment with Gordon getting in a simulator. And I don't know if he was out of the car yet at that point or not. But I remember him talking about getting in the simulator. And I may have been at Darlington or something like that. But him talking about how detailed the simulator was. And this is the same deformed patch of asphalt that I'm used to. That that's when I hit my brakes and I come into the corner this direction it was amazing to me for him to sit there and talk about you know this is the same scuff on the wall that i remember that this is when i set that so for these guys yeah i would think that's got to be and i I agree with you during the season i don't think there's anything better than that but in the winter time you know to get a feel for a track and keep turning laps i think it's it's probably going to be a little bit of the wave of the future oh yeah for sure but i'm gonna throw this out there too you talked about you know, the, the track really doesn't change a whole lot for a NASCAR guy. I mean, from oh, his, I agree his heat race to the feature, it's it could be two totally different racetracks. And, I and then it changes again during the feature. Right. You know, that's... And if Braden is still paying attention to us here on uh, uh, Facebook Live, comment back to me, Braden, because I, I don't know enough about iRacing if when you're doing the dirt tracks is there that change is it a consistent dirt track or can you get a, a tacky wet track can you get a, a you know a slick track um that would be something interesting to me and i know again Braden is uh is supposedly paying attention to us gave us some some shout outs there and a, a, some thumbs up but if you're still listening tell us that because that's that's something that's interesting to me if that that kind of changes what what's all that on there i don't know what that is <laughs> I don't know. You're asking me a lot of questions about Facebook Live already. And, uh, you know, Matt, you should know me well enough to know when I do something, I just jump in and we see how it comes out. And I've realized that I'm the guy that just jumps in with you, you know. (laughs) That's that's how we ended up here right now. Yeah. You know, and some of you on on Facebook Live that don't listen to our podcast, that is, uh, our offices are side by side. And, you know, he starts the the podcast with his wife, you know, the Married with Children (laughs) podcast. And, he walks into my office and says, "Hey, let's start a let's do a racing podcast." And those of you that do know me, it's like, "Okay, let's do this. You know, this will be fun." So, that, and then here we are. Well, this is episode nine now. Ten. Oh, episode, episode 10. ten. Yeah, this oh, is. Wow. That's kind of why I thought let's let's throw it out to Facebook Live. I mean, we're at a, an anniversary episode here at number ten. So, uh, uh, you know, some some exciting stuff. So, 
tenth episode, tenth year anniversary racing. I mean, look at that. And a guy yeah. who is who came on and said, "I've listened to every episode yeah. Yeah. as I came on." So not just a not just a driver, but a fan. Yeah, we so appreciate it, that. Sure. It's kind of like the old hair club for men. You know, <laughs> I'm not just the president; I'm a client. And Joe Hartwell just joined, so I'm sure he'll make a comment about the hair club for men and myself. Um, <laughs> good thing I could wear a hat tonight. So, but Jeremy, going forward into this year, what? And I know we're 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 not as far into the year as what we all would have probably hoped uh, with the rainouts that we got in March and April. But what was the goal going into this year? What did you hope to accomplish this year? You know, really. I was pretty much dead set on I wasn't running points anywhere. I wanted to branch out. I want to go see some different racetracks. You know, that's kind of the reason we went to Bloomington last Friday, just to get out and try some different things. I'm, I definitely want to get to Eldora sometime this year. Um, want to head out over, over to Illinois, hit a couple of those big AMS races, and just kind of see where we're at with this car and see what the future kind of holds for us there. So, so this year kind of just a uh, a feeling out year for where you're going to go next year and in the future yeah just to see how many races we can win see see what we can stack up against some good competition so well let me th- johnny appleseed is the last sunday of this month and uh i, I would love to i go over there that race every year so i would love to, s- to see the double zero roll out over there for that uh, yeah for sure um that's actually the race i was thinking about going it just depends <laughs> depends on who i can get set up to go over there with me um and uh see what we got so well i believe me and dustin are going so i mean i don't know how much help we would be but we'd be moral support for you if, right. if we went that day yeah so. and i could probably bring a microphone and we could talk yeah. i mean i'm really good at talking <laughs> do a little um, interview yeah, yeah outside of that we don't have much else you know, if you tell me what tire to change for i could do that but I, you know i don't know you know setups or anything like that but if you just need right. two guys to do some grunt work, I know <laughs> two guys. So, you know, and, and when we talk about that, when you go into a week and you're you're kind of looking at the the setup portion of it, if you've ran well the other the the week before, do you tweak things? Do you look to change things, or do you? Pre- and I, I I'm not asking for the secrets, but are you pretty status quo, or do you say, you know, I'm going to try and you know look ahead and see what the racetrack's going to be like i want to try this how, how do you kind of figure that out through the week you know really this year i've took on a whole new meaning of taking notes i guess on this car but uh a lot of it goes back to i'll call brad Irwin throughout the week and we'll bounce ideas back and forth on each other just to kind of see what we can try this weekend what we think would work good I, heck i'll call him in the middle of the day i'll have an idea pop in my head be like hey what about this what do you think this will do um, and that's just kind of where we've been at, I guess, is just trying new things, testing, trying to get better. And it kind of hurt us a couple weekends ago at Brownstown when I ran off the racetrack. We tried to get too good and went the wrong way after the heat race after being real good in the heat. So we kind of got to step back a little bit. But um, it's it's status quo up to a point of whenever my ideas quit running through my mind. <laughs> and does uh, that ever does that ever happen until you cinch the belts up and the green flags drop? And then you're still thinking about what you could have did. (laughs) But, um, yeah, at that point in time, you're just focused on trying to make the best finish as you can with what you have there. So, I was thinking of when you roll out there and think, man, I wish I hadn't decided to do that, you know. And that sometimes happens too, but you you just got to roll with it at that point in time. So, You know, and what do you think that balance is for you, um, you know, as far as setup versus – your ability to drive you know and and i'm not knocking what you are as a wheel man because 
I've already said, shared my bias. I think you know I'm I'm a fan of Jeremy Owens and but are you do you feel like that you know even when the car's off that you can you can adjust your your driving style and and still wheel it a little bit? Yeah, I think so. It, I mean, it really comes down to a certain point of w- what needs to happen. Obviously, some things that you change, you might be really horrible, and just might there's no hope for you at that point in time. But um, you know, at a certain point, you can you can make the best finish out of it that you can, and come in and reevaluate the situation and go forward. Is that not as frustrating when you can sit and say, "All right, we just made a bad move, bad setup. We can come back next week." then when you've got the good car and you feel like you you may have made a mistake on the racetrack as you just said when you ran off the racetrack is that harder to deal with than a setup miscue for sure for sure because you're at that point you put it all the blame on yourself you had the best car you you've had and, and you mess, you made the mistake not mm-hmm. not anything else that you've done so when it comes back to you you talking earlier about being that competitor and you know you've got this team behind you and these sponsors and i've got to think as you as you roll back into the you know pit lane it's got to be like oh my goodness i you know i did this or something and yep. again that's not a knock on you in any way shape or form but you know that's one of those lives of racing and yeah because you feel like especially after you have a good car or you got all those guys that's working hard for you throughout the week through you know you got your family at home that's sacrificing <laughs> for you to be out in the garage and you come in after you had a good car and you made a mistake you feel like you let them down that's the worst thing any competitor has to deal with is feeling like they let their team down whenever you're out there giving trying to give it your all and trying to bring home the win so i think i know the answer to this but do you prefer to to run the top of the track the bottom of the track or just wherever the car hooks up i mean what's do you have a preference when you roll out there (sighs) really the middle was a go-to for me at Brownstown. For some reason, I've won a lot of races in the middle of that racetrack over there at Brownstown. But here lately, it's been right around the top. Um, I'm I probably I'd probably say middle to top for me, especially at Brownstown, is where I like my car likes to be. I, I, it used to be the bottom whenever it was different banking and stuff. Right. But but now it's about middle to top is where my car likes to be, where I like to drive. And, so. and I know Heyman brought this up, you know, last week when we interviewed him that he don't like it when they run down you know they push the tires in for the feature you know you give you guys more racetrack for the feature and then you know they throw all the you know the trash up the race you know the, the marbles and stuff and it kind of jacks up the, the upper lines do you do you notice that too in the feature yeah because you know it's good you get another lane of racetrack down there but it also hurts the guys if you don't have a bunch of guys running the high side too to keep that cleaned off that right. way you have two lines of racing so yeah it does hurt sometimes because i ask you you know i ask him and i'm gonna ask you would you prefer that the the tires are just left out or they were pushed in early to where the the whole track could get ran in the same and and kind of the you know the marbles are gone before feature time comes i think leaving the tires leaving the tires in and letting the racetrack stay the way it is all night long not so much leaving the tires out but push them in give it a wide racetrack in the in the corners and let that let that track clean up let it get black slick get it cleaned From top up to bottom. that way you got that four wide racing everybody's pretty much at that level it's what your car can do yeah. you know so um let it get slick and it, it, it provides a lot better racing and a lot easier on equipment that way and you know brown sounds pretty wide but i'm amazed when you guys come out of the corner oh my god four yeah. wide like oh, you said yeah. you know it's yeah you can come out of there for wide. i've been there before that's for sure <laughs> what's that like though and again for a guy that's never been in a race car 
What's that like coming off the corner and being, you know, four wide and, and wondering how this is all going to shake out? It depends on where you're at in that four wide. <laughs> if you were already there when the fourth guy joined or if you're the fourth guy that's joining that party. But um, if you're the fourth guy joining that party, you're hoping to get through that as quick as you can. That way you can move on. Because, you feel like you got to run and I'm going to yes, make it happen. Yeah, uh, yeah you're going to run in there and you're trying to get away from those guys. That way you can get some free racetrack going some have you been in in the three wide situation and then that fourth guy joins in and you think this ain't going to work when we get at the end of the straightaway i really you know i need to get ahead of him or get behind him one just because if not yeah. i'm gonna be you know on the hook yeah because you not saying that you don't know what that guy is going to do but there might be a hole down there that he gets ready to hit and bumps everybody else and causes a big crash right. i mean any any factors could be into that so it's kind of it goes both ways i guess you could it could be a scary situation or it could be you racing against four guys for the lead and you know what they're going to do and it's it could be fun at that point in time too so and i'm sure you know you're you're two laps into the feature and you're four wide for fourth place compared to you're coming in you're coming out of two on the white flag lap and you're four wide i'm sure you're thinking differently you know maybe lap two you're probably thinking i'm just gonna back out let these guys figure it out then i'm gonna try it again and on that white flag lap you're yeah there is no back there is no backing out at that point but at that second lap you're thinking there's 20 laps 18 laps left let's let's let this situation fend for itself and then try to save our equipment for the end of the race um we did have a comment here i want to throw it back out a little bit to uh facebook live eric bryant uh commented in and said the track surface on iRacing changes a lot during the race. Um, it slicks up, and it's a lot like a real track. So it can be wet to begin with and then changes as the race goes on. So pretty pretty impressive stuff. I had no idea that iRacing was yeah, I, that. I didn't realize it did that either. That actually accurate. So I'll hmm. give a big shout-out to uh, It Ain't Easy Being Wheezy, Jaden Mahan there. He, he said it, slick tracks make for great racing there. So. Sure do. Well, that's so. uh, that's always the best is when you can get a good slick track to uh to slide around a little bit on and um i do want to take a to take a quick second here and i i pulled this up um just to just to throw out a congratulations because i know we got some kids at at uh jennings county high school that uh that listen to the the podcast and actually it was funny uh joe hartwell's on here and joe hartwell told me the other day that one of the kids asked me if i was the guy rapping at the beginning of the uh the podcast <laughs> um so that is not the case um i talk during the beginning but i don't rap but really cool thing that i just want to kind of throw out and uh you know uh brayden day one of our teachers that uh teaches our transportation class they actually uh they were involved in a uh the national electric go-kart race um they actually raced on tuesday at the indianapolis motor speedway and there were 20 teams that competed from around the nation um there's this whole rubric that they get graded on based on like you know their ability to present their stuff and the whole thing art they're actually judged on the academic side of things yes yes Yes. in the academic challenge our group placed at uh from jennings county placed second in community outreach third in energy efficiency and fifth in design review um they actually the carts were really really fast in the race actually in practice um i got a text early in the morning and was very excited um they uh they actually basically passed everything on the track but then had pulled too much uh amperage uh off the batteries and actually were black flagged so they had to make some adjustments 
went out to run. They were running third in the championship race and got rear-ended and knocked out of the race. And they reported that that was just racing. Um, but in the second race, they probably would have won it. But one of the other drivers didn't realize the yellow flag was out and ran over them a second time. So, unfortunately, both of our carts got ran over um, in the race. And we finished eighth overall in the nation. Um, and that was with no race points actually coming in. If we could have actually finished both races, it looks like we'd have probably been in the top three overall. Um, so, you know, I, I just wanted to take the chance to kind of throw this out to um, to Mr. Day um, and also throw it out to, you know, Decatur Mold. Alan Magner, that's what I'm going to say. You know, Alan Magner has raced go-karts, uh, modified, super late model, you know, Indiana Pro late model. And uh, I know Alan Magner is uh, very, very involved in, in our electric go-kart program. So I do want to shout out to Alan on that. Too. Absolutely. Uh, Alan Magner and Decatur Mold, Beely Electric came on and did a huge, um, you know, sponsorship for it. Also, Lynch Machining. Lynch uh, Machining jumped on and did a ton. And I, I mean, I, I will say this, you know, and, and I'm going to take the time to say this real quick. Sometimes I think Jennings County gets a bad rap uh on on the community they are between lynch machining and decatur mold and Beely electric and all of the sponsors that were there and and now i'm going to do exactly what i told you not to do i i don't have all the sponsors memorized so i'm going to forget some but our group rolled up there with two carts you know fully lettered fully stickered out only ones with side pods on them full i mean full meal deal i mean you couldn't beat them brand new toolboxes full tool sets two tool sets i mean you know they even bought laser alignment tools to check our kids and this is something we're going to continue to race in every year but you know just a huge shout out for those guys and again we talk a lot about this i wanted to bring it up and um because we talk a lot about how do we get kids more interested in racing and i was so excited when we started this program and i think it's a really really cool deal because we've got you know two classes full of kids that now have experienced the karting side of it and you know i'm hoping that they'll come out to the dirt tracks i'm hoping they'll see what racing can do and you know having alan involved in that is huge you know alan's talked about what he's doing on saturday nights and we get another generation started and i would love to get it to where maybe we could get that group of kids to come to brownstown one night you know one night when the the super late models are racing maybe let them come in and, and watch what alan races you know he went and watched you know helped with them and watched what they did and you know like you said that might hook you know those 10 or 12 kids that might hook 10 or 12 more because i mean you know how it was jeremy you know chain reaction when you went to the races you you wanted your buddies to go your buddies wanted to go with you and you know we need to work on keeping this sport growing because it seems like you know the the gearheads and the motorheads aren't like they were years ago you know a lot of kids if they can't look at a computer, they're not, not interested in nothing at all. And, and I, I'm like you, you know, Dustin, I think this opens this sport back up to another generation. You know, it's in a different way, but at least that gets them in the door where they can decide where to go after that. Absolutely. And I think the cool thing is, and I think some kids are figuring that out, as I talked to Mr. Day, was looking at the way they built the team, he said, you know, we went and found some kids that maybe normally wouldn't be interested in racing, but they're really big computer minds. And they were... You know, they were running lap times. They were checking how many, you know, how much battery we were using. Where were we strong at? And he goes, they were doing all that data piece. But he said they fell in love with racing because of that. 
And I think it was kind of that idea that they didn't realize that um, how, how technologically advanced racing has gotten. And it's not just in electric go-karts. I mean, it's funny. We Before you got here, Jeremy, we pulled up some old pictures from the early 90s of some um, late models and some different races. And what you guys are in now, the technology has advanced since the early 90s, which, I mean, I, I was only like five or six years old, so a lot has advanced. But uh, um, I was graduated high school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, uh, I don't know who that says more about the fact that I hang out with you all the time and that you're the best friend I can find or the oh, fact that I, I'm not going there. You, you, keep, you keep me young, man. That's what it is. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the technology you guys are dealing with just continues to advance all the time. Yeah, it's never ending, it seems like. It seems like every day they come out with something that could help you or you know and don adams says it best at lightning chassis you know you don't need all the fancy parts to go fast you just need the right parts on your car <laughs> oh that's to a make good, that's sure, a great quote. to make sure you're there you know and he he builds cars for a living you know and he knows best but you, you got to have the right stuff whether whatever it might be you just have to have the right stuff that fits your race car or whatever S- since you've already called me old i'll, I'll just continue <laughs> on this one you know when i was a kid going to the races in the 70s, you know, a whole decade before you were born. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about that. You know, I'm pretty confident, you know, when they was coming out to race at Brownstown, they weren't worried, really worried about the caster and the camber and, you know, what the, the pinion angle on the rear end was. You know, it, back then it was knock the windows out of it, weld the cage in it, you know, hand paint some numbers on the door and let's go racing. And that stuff you probably check every week is what the caster and camber your front end is. And, you know, has any of the angles changed? You know, your shot. I mean, it seems like shocks are the hugest thing in racing now. And you would think racing on an old bumpy dirt track, shocks would be your last thing to worry right. about. But, like, you know, a lot of the drivers I talk to, that is like one of the most important things is what shock you have on each corner of the thing. Yep. Anymore, it's shock technology. That's what makes you go around the racetrack. So, well, I think you made a good point there with, with that quote. And, and you may be able to remember we had a driver on and i apologize that i don't i don't, I don't want to give credit to the wrong person but they talked about you know the the tough thing is actually it may have been joe hartwell to be honest he may have been talking about his dad and him kind of going back and forth the tough thing is to limit yourself from wanting to change multiple things you yeah, know it was joe it, yes. and that's after i after i started i i kind of remembered yeah. that but you know the the idea that you know, this new technology comes out and in the off season, I'm going to add this and this and this and this. Well, then I don't know what made me fast. You know, I don't know what to change. So kind of trying to temper yourself to do a little bit at a time has to be tough too. Yeah. Cause you know, like they said in their interview, you know, they won't throw the kitchen sink at it some nights, but (laughs) you gotta, you gotta refrain yourself from trying to do too much at one time. That way you can trace back your successes to what you changed. Absolutely technology also is is kind of a positive also i remember you know when i helped tory collins and you know when i helped keith deppy you know the walls of the trailer would be full of shocks you know and now you guys don't have to buy that many shocks because all the adjustment is in that shock now and so i'm gonna give credit there you know at one time you know you, you went to pro shock or pinsky shock or you know or bill steen and he's like i want one of everything because i don't know what i'm gonna need right 
now you can really you know you don't have to have that whole wall of shocks and you still get right. all those those adjustments and that's the good thing about the light models because you have that see the modifieds they still limit us we can't have adjusters on ours so you know we're still limited to buying we got well if we're gonna change shock we need to go buy this other shock <laughs> right um but the light models have that advantage you know they could have four shocks and just kind of get a parameter of what they want and then switch rebound compression that way yeah. so if, they, if they'd open up in other classes it would save a little bit money in the long run because you could figure out you can fine-tune your shocks that way instead of buying multiple hundred dollar shocks to try to figure out what you want and then with you wanting to travel a little bit and try you know you might go to a racetrack you haven't been to and then realize i don't have a shock in the trailer that, that fits this racetrack yeah. or go out there and this 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 ain't gonna work we, we gotta yeah, get something different on here yeah. to, to get it to go fast so yeah i'm waiting on you i just i just <laughs> finished one man um i do want to throw this out to you as an offer um and i've i've thrown it out to every driver that's been on it's usually off air but he he pushed the pressure back on me here and i was thinking about shocks um you talked about wanting to go to some other racetracks and one thing that we want to try and do is do some as we get into the actual summer and we get a little more time do some bonus episodes here of throttled up and one thing is if you do find a chance that you're going to the johnny Appleseed or you're going to a track in illinois or you're going somewhere bloomington on a friday night um let us know we'd love to come along with you um if it's a night that that matt can too um and we'd kind of like to do for the fans kind of a you know a full day of what jeremy owens goes through getting to the track and getting home and i know that can sound a little bit daunting um and after spending the night with us and all of the uh the technical stuff we've had you may say there's no way i'm calling these guys back but i think it'd be really cool for the fans to see you know and i've told guys i'll show up when you're when you're ready to load i'll help you any way i can but we can do some you know some some spot interviews about hey we're at the we're at the shop we're getting things loaded this is what we're thinking this is a drive over you know here we are unloading here's hot laps here's where we're going out and you know heat races here's the feature and then here's kind of the reaction and coming back and i think for a for a fan and going back to and even maybe to the point of coming out some through the week as you guys are working in the shop to go back to that fan that just shows up at you know six o'clock on saturday night not knocking that fan we want them there that doesn't truly see what it takes for you guys to get to the racetrack i think it'd be a really cool episode to kind of get a you know a behind the scenes of what you guys do yeah for sure anytime and i would, I would love I would. for it to be a night that brown sound isn't racing so, so i can right. go too with him you know that uh, yeah. so i, I i'm kind of i'm inviting myself to a lot of people's parties right um but that's okay i don't mind doing that so if if you are interested definitely hit us up because i think it'd be a i think it'd be a really cool thing for us and and definitely something where we could uh continue to throw out to the sponsors and and kind of promote them exactly because, you, you know, know when we started this you know our goal was to you know promote the the local driver that you know doesn't get the exposure on everything and you know to get you guys more exposure get your sponsors more exposure and this is our attempt at dragging more people into this sport that that we're all crazy about you know so that's uh, exactly you know i'm going to come back full circle and i'm going to put some pressure on you here and throw a question to you um obviously in the modified right now gonna kind of reach out um this season kind of see where you're at is the ultimate goal to stay in the modified or are we going to look towards jumping somewhere else at some point 
I mean, I think everybody's ultimate goal is to move up to the highest level that they could compete at. Um, it's just all about funding anymore. Funding is, you know, 90% of it. You got to have the 10% talent, which doesn't sound like a lot, but 90% of it gets you there. 10% of it's how, how much work or how hard work you put in to stay at that level. And that 10% is a small margin between those guys. Yes. agree with you 100%. Yeah, so funding funding would have to be in that um obviously i'd love to move up if the opportunity comes comes right or you know i meet the right sponsor along the road not not saying that my sponsors ain't the right sponsors but you know they do a lot for me it's just to bear that financial burden to get started again because right now i'm already invested i'm invested in all the modified stuff i would have to move all that and uh the car is not coming out of my garage it's not getting sold um, it'd be hanging in my shop until my son takes it <laughs> wherever he wants to take it, but that thing's not going no nowhere. So, I know you drive in a uh, full containment seat, and what, what's your thoughts on the safety side of the racing? I, you know, I, I see a lot of cars, you know, go past me there at Brownstown, and not all of them, you know, have those nice seats and all that. Do you, do you really think that we need to focus on that side of racing? You know, safety it, needs to be top priority. I've been luckily enough i last track i got into is probably one of my worst and i flipped yes. over before um so i would say safety needs to be top priority if you're racing a car right now and you don't have a full containment seat and you don't have a hans device after two thousand dollars worth of medical bills i'd say get one because it's not worth it's not worth waking up dizzy every morning and trying to figure out what's wrong with you when uh whenever you just had a bad wreck and not going to the doctor and not having that hans device because so. I, I remember there was a little bit of a blowback when you know eldor sort of mandated in the the plate in the door and so if you went to a racetrack and they said you know we mandate this safety you know this safety thing it's available here but we mandate it you would there would be a, a you know you're like okay i understand you know that I, I would understand that piece because that that safety feature came along because something happened to yeah. somebody along the way so yeah doing a lot hurts racing because it's a financial burden yes. on those guys and they're trying to make their cars good but at the same time my dad always told me you know buy a good helmet because it's how much you think your head's worth it don't matter <laughs> if that helmet's two hundred dollars or you're buying a four or five hundred dollar helmet how much is your head worth you buy know, a good helmet yeah it, it's a great point and there's a guy that we work with who's whose boys used to uh race uh dirt bikes and he said, I went to go buy helmets, and, and the first helmet the guy pulled up, and he said it was a $400 helmet, dirt bike helmet. And the guy said, he looked at him and goes, what what other options do you have? And the, the salesman looked at him and said, you mean your son's head's not worth $400? And he's like, and I walked out with two $400 helmets. Because yeah. you're exactly right. You know, when you look at it that way, you, that's not where you skimp on no. on things and and i think it is and we've talked to some other guys on here it's tough because like we talked about the technology is coming out the shocks you know the things you can do to try and be better that balance between you know oh man i'm gonna invest in being faster <clears throat> but it's the faster you get the more dangerous you get and to not invest back in the safety part is it is a failure in the in the end yes for sure i think more tracks need to do more checking seat belts and things of that nature because there's guys out there that i mean i could say for instance i was and i'm not gonna say no names but i was at brownstown one night and watched some guy strap a piece of concrete block in his car to make weight with a ratchet strap so i mean yeah and then that comes flying out yeah while you guys so are racing, i mean yeah. it, it, there needs to be a lot more on the safety portion of just looking those things over 
not so not so much throwing a guy out for having seat belts that might be three four or five years old but making sure that they're not frayed and they're in good condition mm-hmm. and where they're mounted to you know i've uh you know years too. ago years ago you know when i was in the pits a lot more than i am now you kind of you kind of stroll around and you would see seat belts mounted to stuff like like you know back in the days you know some you know other classes they'd be mounted to the floor pan of the car yeah and you're like that moves you know <laughs> exactly and, and that guy felt like it was great like you know there was no issue with that so you know yeah. I, I agree with you you know it, you know we all know racing's dangerous i think sometimes that's some of the the thrill of being a race car driver is i get to go fast and it's a little dangerous you know because right. we all kind of like that thrill but we you know the racetrack and and all the you know employees you know every racetrack needs to make sure you guys are safe while you're doing that for our entertainment you know yep. that's uh I mean, that's just my opinion there. You know, I well, try not to throw opinions out, but nothing hurts the sport more than than the injuries. I mean, that's yep. the whole thing we've talked about before. Not only losing a guy. I mean, the ultimate. You know, we've we've talked about Brian Clawson on here, and and you know how that you know his his rise was ended way too early, but also the idea of just losing a guy the next week. You know, if yep. you're if you're injured and you're out for the next three, four, five weeks trying to recover, that hurts the race fan that comes that wants to watch Jeremy Owens get around the track. And exactly. So the the safer we can make guys, you know, the the more emphasis that we can put on on race safety is is definitely a huge thing for us going forward. And Jade Mahan made a comment here that uh, I was I was glad you pointed that out because I just read that. You know, the breeze Jerry Adams says that. He believes that his full containment seat has made him a faster driver due to feeling safer and more attached to the car. Do you, do you notice that too, Jeremy? That because when you're, yeah, especially when I got this new seat a couple of years ago, which I had a full containment seat before that, but you know, I got a LaJoy seat now, and that thing hugs you. You don't even, I mean, in that wreck, I didn't feel anything. It was just my neck hurt from not having a Hans device. But um, yeah, those those seats make you you lose a lot of side to side vision, but. I'll sacrifice that for for safety going oh, forward yeah. for sure. And you know if you know Dustin talks about wanting to get his son racing when he gets older, and and you know I would love to see a kid in a race car, but uh, I think that's where I would probably be slow on the racetrack as we st- you know we started out before we were invested like you are because that would probably be my full my first investments would be mm-hmm. you know seats, Honda devices, helmets. Yep. You know anymore? I'm to the point that. I don't know why you guys and any class doesn't wear the arm restraints, you know, or a window net. You know, I, right. I would ask for one or the other because, you know, that your left side's right there. You know that that it could come out and you know you could crush your arm too. So I, yeah. you know, I would I would if I was a guy that, that had to say I would you know put a window net in or arm restraint one or the other. You're gonna have to have that. You yep. know, so yep. And you talked about if if you did jump to a different class, the idea that that car would be sitting there waiting on your your son, is that a goal for you that that he'll uh, he'll want to get in and get involved? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I want to race as long as I can. Um, but if he wants to get get in a race car, yeah, for sure. Um, main reason I want that car just sitting around is you know me and Brad Irwin built that car. It was actually bolted to my garage floor whenever we started building that thing three years ago so regardless if we build a new car or whatever that car is still getting hung up somewhere because it's it's kind of uh i guess it's a materialistic 
possession that I'd nostalgia. like to, yeah, oh, yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to hang on to it for as, as long as I can, at least. So, and have and I agreed, and I want you to race as long as you can as well. But how old is your son? He be four this year. All right, we're in the same boat. You just. As funny as it is, you just saw my son run out here in his underwear to tell me good night. So, and we've already talked about that off the air. We're in very similar situations because mine just turned four in May. When are you going to start thinking about? Because I've talked about it on here, and I don't come from that racing background and don't have the driver in the family or anything like that. When are you going to start thinking about how do I get him involved? How do I get him started? You know, that's a good question because there's I, I got friends that you know started their kids out in carts things of that nature but you know one good lesson though is you know when i started out i had my dad when he passed away i didn't my brother is going through the same thing we got to pay for our own stuff so i i I kind of would like him to start out early just to get that maybe get that opportunity because anymore the younger you are the farther you can go Mm -hmm. the quicker you get started Mm -hmm. but also have that kind of uh I guess Grind responsibility of, and everything of getting out there and working on your car and getting it ready and and paying for some stuff, you know that kind of nature to try to instill that hard work, I guess, and in, into that because it's not it's going to take hard work at whatever level you're at. So, what's your wife think about that? You know, it's let's just talk about the elephant in the room. You know, what's mom <laughs> think about? I think my wife is still listening to the uh, <laughs> Facebook Live. We don't have to talk a lot about that because as I I've mean, se- you know, that's, you know, I, I've said on previous episodes, I made a mistake and took her to a sprint car race and said, this is what I want my kid to drive. And then one, I, actually, I think she just turned the light on. So yeah. she's probably not paying attention. So yeah, I think she just let you know she's listening to you. Yeah. So. Yeah. One flip multiple times. And she looked at me and said, this is really what you want to put our kid in. And I'm like, mm, well, kind of. That was one thing Cassie just said. No, Cassie said no on me getting in one, even though I'd like to get in one at least once and try it. But uh, definitely to stay away from because the risk isn't the reward risk factor there is not great. (laughs) And I know. And that's where I struggle because I love my son so dearly and I love watching sprint cars race. And it's funny because um, Tim Clark's wife actually works (laughs) in our office. And it's funny that we had this conversation in our office the other day and I was talking to Debbie and I said, I said, man, I want my, my son in a sprint car. And I talked about that and. And she laughed, and she said, all the racing that Tim did, she said, and I, I supported him, went to the track for all these years, all of his success. She said, there was one time he came home and said, somebody wanted him to drive a, a sprint car, and she said, no. She said, that's where I put my foot down. Yeah. She said, you've called them widow makers your entire life. You're not getting in one. I refuse to allow you to. This is where I'm putting my foot down on it. And it, it was shocking to me because, I, and again, I told her, I said, I don't want – I've I've refused my wife to be able to talk to Debbie Clark, um, and I and I joke because I would never want to put my son in a situation that's dangerous. But there is that intrigue, man, because that's where I grew up and watching it, and and I love those things. But they are a uh, they're they're a scary bunch at times. Yeah, they're a different animal, that's for sure. <laughs> would you ever like to? Uh, she wouldn't even let you like, you know, Sunday after the 
enduro's a fun fest it's such a find someone you go out there and just turn some hot laps by yourself would she would she let you do that or is it just no maybe i'm not sure i mean that'd be the time <laughs> i would talk her into it but um does it have to be kind of like a jason Heyman when you were the car owner is it gonna be we gotta announce somebody else is coming out <laughs> yeah don't don't watch because i'm sure it's not gonna be pretty but <laughs> I, i'd rather be on a tacky racetrack where you could get the full feeling that's for mm-hmm. for sure because that's that's the only only way to really know what it has i guess and that, that's the big change in racing now and we, we've touched base on this is you know years ago you either liked late models race late models or you liked sprint cars or race sprint cars and i'll tell you we're getting a hybrid you know deal now you know hudson o'neill you know, race the chili bowl and you know he's got some some sprint car dates lined out you know and when we had joss moffat on here you know he talked about he would love to get down to dirt late model one time and years ago that was a conversation you would never hear right. you know a sprint car driver would never say i want to drive a dirt late model yep. so I, I don't know if it's a technology that has raised this up that is starting to intrigue both sides or what it is but i i think it comes down to a racer just wants to race you know like hudson racing the chili bowl and stuff that'd be awesome i'd love to go do that you know that'd be fun just to try just say you went out there and did right. it you oh, might yeah. not be good but it would be fun to take that trip and go experience that one time so oh definitely i'm gonna give a shout out here again to facebook live and jump on because i appreciate the guys that have followed us and and ben givens uh just threw this out and loud and loose racing which is uh lucas wee miller and, oh yeah and Braden watson and and lucas has been on and been a you know a, a great friend of throttled up the podcast go check them out follow their facebook page they just also released a heck of a new website um loud and loose racing.com uh so go give those guys a follow check them out you know i appreciate everything they did they they're doing right now and what they're trying to bring to the sport and again we talked about earlier in an earlier episode when we miller expressed throughout the uh the extra money to get to uh the ten thousand dollars for the no way out as we sit here and talk about sprint cars so yeah. shout out to those guys ben are you guys going to the uh johnny appleseed because i know lucas has raced the johnny appleseed before that's why i didn't know if you guys was going this year We'll see if he, he gives us a comment back because, uh, I mean, we may have a, a whole Brownstown coalition over oh, there. Oh, yeah. 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 Very well could have. It could be <laughs> throw up the podcast. Eldora. Eldora, yeah. Yeah. Modified I, drivers at Eldora. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. You know, we could bounce between a couple of them. Yeah, I'm in. Jeremy to go and Wee Miller and then Braden go and... Yeah, I think that's I. Well, I think now we've just called him out, <laughs> Ben. It's no longer a question. You gotta go. Loud and loose racing is going to Eldora for the Johnny Appleseed. So it's it, we've already decided. Call Lucas and tell him we said it's happening. And then we'll get Jeremy to go, and yeah, we'll get you guys all together. And because I believe Lucas told us when he was on, he'd do anything he could to help us out. So he, he did say that, Johnny yeah. Appleseed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hey, we're at about an hour and a half, which is actually not true. We're almost at two hours because it took me 30 <laughs> minutes to get everything to work right um jeremy i want to i want to say a couple things first of all thank you um thank you for what you continue to do for the sport because you know matt gets matt gets to kind of work in it but i also get the opportunity i'm just a fan man and that's why i wanted to do this you know i get the apple tea uh, opportunity i was reading that as i was doing <laughs> this and almost said johnny appleseed but uh the opportunity to to meet guys like you in a way that i i didn't when i just got to sit in the stands um so keep up what you're doing you know i appreciate you coming out here and making the drive for us um 
to be on the show. And I apologize about the technical issues and all the things that happened. Um, and I hope you'll come back at some other point this season, sit down and talk with us some more. Yeah, sure. would love to. Anytime. So. Let me, uh, JJ asked uh, which was better, World 100 or Johnny Appleseed. World 100 is late models only. Only late models over for World 100. But Johnny Appleseed, you'll have late models, uh, modifieds, and super stocks racing over there. So, but the World 100 is only only for the the, the light models. And then Ben says that he's trying to get uh, Weemoner to go, but Braden is too young to race at Eldora. So, Loud and Loose would only be a one car team that night. And that's all right. Uh, Wee Miller, I think, is loud and loose enough. I think he can <laughs> he can get her done. And then I want to add what you said. You know, the reason I announced at Brownstown Speedway is because I'm a fan of the sport too. Yeah, and that's yeah. very true. I shouldn't yeah. have I shouldn't have thrown that at you that way. You know, it's. Uh, I never had the opportunity to drive. You know, I've helped several drivers, you know, in the pits. And then uh, the guys I helped kind of, you know, took years off. So I kind of got out of helping in the pits. And this is my way to give back to my sport. You know, you give it back by jumping in that seat and, and putting on a show. And the only way I can think of doing it is going up there and being the idiot yelling the microphone, you know. So that's – but it, it's because I'm a fan. I want to point out Ben said we'll be there. He's going to make it happen. He's going to make sure of it. So, you know, shout out to Ben. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. You know, just tell Lucas throttled up said he's got to be there. So, done deal. Uh, best of luck. And, uh, again hey, – Let's let him yell them sponsors out one more yeah, time. Yeah, why don't you throw those out for us? Oh, definitely. Um, got to thank – you know, we talked about Brad Irwin earlier. You know, that guy does a lot for me, more than I could – for sure ever repay him for um so i gotta give a lot of credit to him because he's he's helped me out a lot and uh pushed me to where i am today so you know definitely one of my better friends and um always enjoy his company whenever he's around so um gilpin electric and generator all-star paving pewter hall wagner 28 motorsports jeff mounts motorsports um travis kern for the racing engine he helps me out a lot as well when it comes to those um p3 graphics genesis racing shocks ride auto parts um and you just gotta thank cassie you know my fiance you know puts a lot of puts up with a lot of <laughs> me in the shop and me being angry and um and a cruddy mood sometimes whenever <laughs> things don't go right so you know i gotta thank her for putting up with me all these years of doing what i love to do on the weekends so um definitely shout out goes to her and very you know, very good call right there oh yeah yeah and you brought up brad Irwin. you know uh when i do walk to the pits now i see a whole lot of brad Irwin customs for the the bodies you know he's still a very very busy man oh yeah you know in racing yeah so. he he loves doing those bodies and he, he he's got a lot of them out there and he does good work good, oh, good yeah. quality work for sure we got we got two doors coming. We was uh, when we started this, we wanted to get two throttled up doors to have all you guys signed when you got here, so we could have kind of a memento of all of our guests. And right. I think Brad's been so busy he ain't got to because I told him I said when you're not busy, you don't cut out two doors for us. So we'll right. have a little Brad Irwin custom in here also. There so you go. there you go. So now you now now what we've done is we've pressured everybody that's been on that you have to come back hey. to at least sign the door. So yes, Jeremy again, I appreciate it. Good luck to you the rest of the year. Um, you know. We'd love to have you back at any point in time, so feel free to to swing back out and stop by. Yeah, anytime you guys want me, I'll come hey, out. Hey, we will be. Uh, this will be out Thursday. The podcast will be out Thursday tomorrow and, morning at yeah, one a.m. Yes, 
Here in just a few hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as I have no more technical difficulties, I get everything edited. It will be out at 1 a.m. So, so be sure to listen to this podcast and all of our other podcasts that you can get on the throttledutpodcast.com and listen to all of them or what's some other ways to get Apple Podcasts. Uh, basically, anywhere you get a podcast. Apple Podcasts is our biggest, but you can find it uh, you know, on um, basically any podcast source that you use. And again, like you said, uh, throttledutpodcast.com. One thing I will say to our Facebook Live listeners, share this stuff out with your your followers. Um, You know, we're trying to build something here. We'd love to have more people in. And one thing I want to shout out to some of the the people that listened here, if you're a fan and, um, you know, you just really are truly a passionate race fan and you'd like to come on and sit in, um, even when we've got just a driver in or whoever, we have a five mic setup. You can't see it from the camera. Um, but we would be happy to have somebody else come in too and just kind of be able to be here and be a part of it. So if you're interested, uh, reach out to us and we'd love to have you in. So Jeremy, best of luck. Um, Saturday night, military appreciation night at Brownstown. Uh, we'll be there to, to chair on that, that no disrespect to the Texas roadhouse car, but that great looking double zero. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. for Brian Clausen. Uh. I do them like Kyle Larson. Watch me throw them sliders. Party in victory lane and y'all boys ain't invited. Your mama gets excited when I pull up to unload. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy too cold. We don't sit on 24s, we don't ride on spinners. I'm posted up on them 15s with platinum dirt defenders. Got kids up in my window like, hey Mo, are you gonna win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps cause y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt, 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 I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 I'm throwing dirt, 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 I miss that. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to I'm it. I'm a dirt trackaholic, call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that. Dirt, 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 I miss that. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it. 
I just won hot laps for the third week. Huh? Lil Dave said he thinks we're in the first heat. Yeah. So I go and check the board on my bike, sitting outside pole. Y'all know what it's looking like. Uh -huh. W, W, that's another George W. Hit him with that half a lap, like, dang, what gear you running, dude? And where'd you get that fire suit? Uh. Man, I like that stitching. Velocity USA, hey, just tell Brad that I sent you. I'm shining like I'm rubbered up, and I'm smiling for the pics. Y'all boys be looking tacky while I stay looking slick. Four new rims, no new friends. They never know what I'm planning. And mama just gave me them eyes like, dang, baby, you looking handsome. We pray and sing the anthem. Nobody takes a knee. We stop and show respect, cause we're all proud to be. From the land of the free and the home of the brave, y'all better wake up and get it. We're making America great again. Let's all go out and kick it on there. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 I'm throwing dirt, 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 I miss that dirt, 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 gotta get back to I'm it. a dirt trackaholic, call it what you call it, Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, 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 I miss that dirt, 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 gotta get back to it.